What is up and welcome into the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined as always by my outstanding co-hosts. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State legend that's not too happy. He played <laughs> second base for the Tigers back in the day. It's Brandon Williams, aka Coach Smoke. I assume we're gonna we're gonna get into that later on, right? What's 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 going yeah. on down at Grambling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into that a little yes, later, sir. On, and he's the NFL draft enthusiast. We're not gonna talk about his Madden game because uh, yo, it's uh, well, whack. Well, well, Let's 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 make that analyst. Make that analyst. analyst? Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that a new is that a new oh. title for you now? Oh, hey, we've been doing it for two years. That's what we do. We analyze. He's an you know? NFL draft okay. analyst for NBCSportsChicago.com. You can find all his work there and also on the My Teams app. He's Glenn Morgan. His mock drafts up and available right now. It's his time of year. Fellas, how you guys doing? Doing all right, man. And uh, I'm going to slide in. Man, I'm 10 and 0, baby. 10 and 0. I'm just sliding in. Let's see if you finish the deal, right. man. Right. Hey, I only have you... one loss. Only one loss to a human being. Only one loss to a human. <laughs> but you lost to the that computer. Was the big one. That was last year. That was last year. This oh. year, I'm 10 and 0. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just, Justin Fields, number one quarterback in the, in the NFL. So I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's what we do. All right. Hopefully, well... we project. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, fellas, we got a lot to talk about, and I know that we have a lot of opinions on what's going on uh, with these subjects. So we will start with our beloved team, the Chicago Bulls, who are having some issues right now, Um, if I would say so myself. I'm getting tired of, you know, coming up with excuses of why this team can't be good teams, right? And I know that, you know, guys are out. Lonzo Ball is out. Caruso's out. And Williams is out. But come on, our big three, that's our supposed big three are together right now. They should be able to hang with the lights of the Miami Heat and the Memphis Grizzlies of the world, right? Uh, yes. Uh, no, no, come on. I mean, now. It, it, it's easy to say yes, but I mean, it comes back to what I spoke on in the very beginning when we was completely healthy. Physicality. We're not a physical team. Those two teams are very physical, very physical, and they, they punked us. Yeah, that's I don't what think I'm... they're, I don't think they're as far as like more talented than us, but they're definitely more physical. And they have that physical identity, and and it shows. That number twelve for Memphis is uh is more talented than us, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he, yeah. he showed he's a out. Oh guy. my, oh my he's god. A, he's a special guy. He's man. He's a special guy. But I, yeah, it, but yeah, it, it that's the main thing to me. And and I'm starting to feel like how I felt last year: lack of point guard play is really starting to hunt us our offense is very iso ball iso ball for the most part and our two guards that are out are what makes our defense go Vooch is getting killed because our guards now can't guard nobody so he's and he's not athletic enough 
to move quick enough to do this and get back. So it's like he's getting dominated and the pick and roll is just eating him alive. But our guards can't stay in front of anybody, anybody. Like I watch games and guys are turning that corner and they are like getting beeline straight to the rim. Like, where's the defense? Like it's, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I was a little frustrated last night. I was because although I do feel the Heat are more physical, I feel we could have put up a better show. Absolutely. Like, I, I wouldn't be – I'm not mad at losses that look like you played you played hard and you just lost. To me, they just look like they got pumped. And so that's what frustrated me, but – but it's 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 a it's a effect of not having those guys. I mean, it's no coincidence that our defensive rating with Caruso and Ball was like we were like a top five defense. Now we're like twenty fourth. Like that's crazy. That two guards can make that big of a difference. But that's the game of basketball. You got to be able to guard the perimeter. If you can't guard the perimeter, you're in trouble. And that's our problem right now. Uh, yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, every a lot of everything you're saying. Um, I mean, to the Miami Heat point, I, 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 it, I'm not annoyed. I'm not even disturbed. I'm not surprised. I'm not troubled. It's just a hurdle we're going to have to get over, and we have to learn how to get over it. The Heat, this iteration of the heat they've been together for at least three years now basically you know mm-hmm. these, these are the guys that played in the finals when it was in the bubble um miami hasn't really changed its identity and it's a key word you said earlier smoke identity they know who they are and the grizzlies have discovered that they feel comfortable playing in the roles that they're playing in now so they're comfortable in who they are and they have an, an established identity one based on physicality and you're right that physicality is an issue for us um, but getting back to the Miami Heat, I saw as I watched yesterday's game, I'm like, this team just knows who they are. They know what to do. They know where and how to attack the Bulls. And not only are they a physical team, they're a well-coached team. That coach has yes. been there like yeah. forever, you know. And he's yes. got he's become a much better coach I over love the years. Him. Yeah, very good coach. They and named him a top top fifteen all time. He he oh, deserved it. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. argue with it. Deserved yeah. it over the guy in Philly. I can tell you that. But go ahead. <laughs> So I, well, I saw hate them. No doc, boy. <laughs> doc is terrible. <laughs> Come on, he's hometown. He's hometown. Um, but yeah, so with Miami Heat again, like I said, just not surprised. I saw how they, you know, trapped us in certain spots, and they just like everything was just so timed and executed. Uh, and that's the thing we're struggling with our execution, and as you mentioned, a lot of that's because of our guard play. You know, our main ball handlers are not there. And we're entrusting a rookie to do a lot of it. And he does a nice job, but he's not a penetrator. He's more of an opportunist. He knows how to be clever, but he's not at that level where he's just attacking and penetrating. He takes advantage of opportunities and he's kind of like the judo point guard. He uses their momentum against them and, you know, nice bounce pass here and nice wrap around here, but he's not the guy that's taking it to you. Um, and defensively, defensively, obviously, we're missing those guys, too. But offensively, what happens is you mentioned the ISO ball because, yeah, we're leaving it into two scorers hands and Levine and DeRozan, those guys are score. So 
and although they can pass and they do, you know, facilitate to some degree, they're not point guards. They don't have a point mm-hmm. guards mentality. Even though yeah. Zach came into the league as a point guard, he didn't develop into that. He, no. He's definitely, you know, he a is a guard. Yeah, he is a shooting yeah. guard, <laughs> which is what he should be, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're playing. The guys are playing out of position, and they're playing out of roles, so to speak. And so, at times, that offense is going to bog down. I mean, if we didn't have the sumo, we'd really be in trouble. To be really honest. Yeah. With you. So the fact that the rookie is making that much of a difference has helped buoy us enough to where we've been able to sustain and stay in the top four. But we are now exposed, and teams are like, okay, this is how you attack the Bulls. And like you said, Vooch has got his head spinning. He's like on a racetrack. You know, his head's just spinning around because they come at him. Because teams, you know, they're ex- explicitly and expressively going straight at them because they're like, hey, mm-hmm. he's, not a, he's not a good rim protector. He's not athletic, as you mentioned. All these things – and the Bulls haven't figured out how to contend with that yet because I either they're waiting for that guys to come back or they don't have the personnel to quite sort of kind of figure it out. And it's kind of some of, some of the same thing. Two things can be true at the same time. So um, that's a problem why I think we struggle with not only good teams, but well-coached teams and teams that know how, know who they are. And that's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Um until these guys come back. But even when they come back, there's no guarantee we're just going to right. flip the switch and be great because, again, well, how how healthy will they really be? And then there's still the getting back in the sink. And then there's – right, and then there's still other issues. <laughs> we still need a sharpshooter. We don't have a, a sniper. We've got guys that can shoot it from outside, but they're not snipers. They can take some, some sniping shots, but they're not they're not Patty Mills and that Seth Curry. They're not – Joe, uh, what's the dude for the Nets? They're not Joe Harris and not Steph Curry. They're not those kind of guys. So that can be problematic at times. And yes, we got a little bigger with Tristan Thomas in there, and that's a great thing, but it's not Thompson, but it's not it's not something that's gonna stop indeed. <laughs> you know, it's not something that's going to necessarily stop um the brother that went to the Nets from um from Philly that got traded Robert. over there. Drummond, you know, I mean, that dude's a that dude's a twenty rebound waiting to happen, and you know, he's he, a, he, him though, him though, he can he can actually be self checked. Him, he and, doesn't and, he doesn't bring it consistently. That's that I get what right. you're saying. I get what I, you're saying. The the preponderance of these things, along with having to deal with someone like Durant and those other guys, mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's we're our depth improved. We've solidified ourselves a bit more. We can probably handle someone like Cleveland because I think we're a bit more skilled and a bit with DeRozan. We have a bit more veteran and our basketball IQ is a bit more experienced and more developed. I think our culture is a little bit better. But when it gets to the Milwaukee's, possibly the Phillies now with Harden and and, and B joined together, um, we we couldn't stop them before Harden was there. And with a healthy Nets team and with Miami being who and how they are, I, you know, we're looking like what we probably thought we were going to be somewhere at the beginning of the year, somewhere between five and six, you know, Mm -hmm. five and seven, maybe. So, you know, we're we're regressing to the mean a little bit, but again, all that, I still am not annoyed or upset because I think we're still ahead of schedule a little bit. I mean, the fact that we came together as quickly as we did, as well as we did and took advantage of our opportunities like we have is fantastic. And that's a, portent for things to be really good going 
you know, into the future, if we can keep on this kind of pace and in, in adding the type of uh, thing. And then I think one thing that's really good, and I'll stop on after this, one thing I think is good about this whole staff, you know, from the, the top down, from, uh, from uh, uh, Car, what's how you say, Car, Connor Solvis, Connor and uh, everyone else down to, to the coaching staff. I think these guys, when they see a problem, they're able to identify it and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're truthful to themselves about it and it will be addressed. And if yeah. it can't be addressed immediately, it'll be addressed as soon as it can be. And mm-hmm. so far they've shown that they've shown us, they showed us that last year, they showed yep. us that in the off season and they showed it to us again during trading deadline. So I have confidence that if it's not this year, which I clearly to me, it's not, and maybe not next year, maybe DeRozan, we don't know how much longer he'll play at a, a, a all-star level, but this is still a pretty young team. Yeah. And I, I think we'll find a piece. And now that, but I think Chicago's starting to become, we could take what Tristan Thompson said, Chicago's starting to become a bit more of a, you know, idealized destination for some, for some players. Mm-hmm. And, and because of the way they play and just the camaraderie, it's like guys get that vibe, man. They're like, dude, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can rock with these fools. And so I think where we didn't have that vibe, we hadn't had that vibe. Yeah. In a long time. In a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with D Rose, we didn't really quite we get didn't it. Have it. Nope. Right. Ever. So, I would say nope. ever. We didn't have it. Oh, back in the Jordan years, we had it. We didn't there were no no uh substantial names that came here. Well, that was the but the NBA that back then wasn't that was free was, agency. that wasn't happening. But I'm saying it wasn't happening like that. No, like I I think the players wanted but, to come but, whether or not the coaching, whether or not you know, uh, Kraus got him here. <laughs> That's a different issue. But guys wanted to play with the Bulls because it was like, we know we can get a chip. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I play with Jordan. I, I, I can get a chip. Kraus got guys here through trade. And yeah. I, it's probably not even worth talking about right now, but I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying that I don't think Chicago's ever been that free agent destination that, that players wanted to come to. I think until – until now, you know. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was, especially back then, it wasn't like people were going destination shopping either, though, back in that time. LA. But there were, but there were still good players available. In LA, wasn't, LA, LA wasn't crap until Shaq went there. No, I'm talking about like before, maybe when you weren't born yet. Back, well, yeah, I'm, back I'm, the well, I'm speaking in the 90s, though. Like, oh. in that time, like, guys really wasn't, Hoop hopping around like that until Barkley did it with We're going Phoenix, to Houston, yeah. Phoenix, Brooklyn. like, and then. Well, no, that was a like, trade. It, it started. It started trade, more right. so in the two thousands with when Carmel. I'll say it started with Carmelo and Gary Payton jumped to the damn Lakers. No, yeah, you're right. Two thousand when uh, McGrady and Grant Hill and those guys. Uh, McGrady left Toronto for Orlando. Wow. I'll give you that. Uh, Grant Hill went to Orlando from uh, mm-hmm. from Detroit. Remember, they were they were the Bulls were trying to get him, and they they sent Benny the Bull to to O'Hare. Oh, and I, I remember, but I mean, Shaq left yeah. before that happened, though. Shaq going from Orlando to LA happened before that. I mean, that's it, I, I get what you're saying. Like it's the element's been there in the NBA, but it's more 
pronounced now. You it's used to more now. of yeah, it. It's, it's different yeah, now. It's a lot more of it. Like, and it's it's because it's more of a friendly culture now. Right. And I, I actually, to be quite honest with you, if you really want to say when they, when these guys start playing uh, USA basketball and they start hanging with each other a lot more. And also this this generation grew up playing a lot of AAU together. AAU. Yeah. So these cats had relationships, you know, prior to and there wasn't the divisiveness, so to speak. You know, hey, I don't like you. I'm, I'm going to beat you. It was more like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? If we get together. <laughs> we, what, we, we, what we can do. What we can do. Yeah. We put our we put our powers together. We can be the super friends. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you <laughs> you know you you kind of had that, and, and you probably saw that more for LeBron, you know, taking his talents and mm. Bosh joining Wade in in Miami. So that's that's probably where you really you know see that, and then like Kevin Durant leaving and going to yeah. to, to, to the Bay Area. Heights in, yeah, in his day. But I wanted to reiterate what you said about like the organization. Like yes, I love. You're right. They are definitely showing that they can address those needs. But the most important thing about it is they're doing it logically. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not just panicking and making right. irrational moves. They're doing this stuff logically. Like everyone has been screaming, "We got to get bigger. We got to get bigger." Trade this person. Trade that person. I've been saying like it's no person to trade. <laughs> to right. get anybody that's going to make that big of a difference. Right. And they showed us that. They it's showed us we that. Couldn't, we couldn't trade Troy Brown Jr. and a draft pick for Joel Embiid. That, <laughs> that right. wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah not even wouldn't on NBA 2K. Out. Not even on 2K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could make yeah, it work like, on 2K. <laughs> you know, but like, that's, but like that's the thing, like, you think about like they they making logical decisions. Buyout market is was the only chance of us of getting a person with size that could help us now. now, you know, be a little bit better. Right. You know, like and then as far as like our expectations, we came in, we did come into the season with five to seven in mind. Right. I remember to start. Now, one team I did say we would be better than. That's why I've been beating myself up. I did say I think we would have been better than the Heat. I did. That was completely wrong. But <laughs> but everyone else I said, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Raptors, I was completely right on that. I was wrong on the Heat, you know, and I kind of took, like, the way – they had that success in the bubble. Then the next year they got bounced in the first round. Like, so I, I took that as, you know what, that bubble was just magic for them. But they proved me wrong. They did. But overall, the Bulls have proved us wrong as well. To extent, to, at this point, they've overachieved what we truly thought yeah. they would be. And granted, they're starting to kind of slowly come back to – where we thought they would be. And I mean, hey, that's not a bad thing. Who's to say what can happen in the playoffs? Anything could happen. A break here, a break there. No pun intended. No, I don't want nobody breaking anything. But like, you know, anything could swing in your favor, you know. So they they are at least in my eyes that type of team where any advantage that they can get that can catapult them to another height. You know, they're not one of them teams that it don't matter if goddamn KD go down, 
the Nets is still going to beat your ass. Like, no, you, in my opinion, your team is going to need everybody still Mm. to beat us, probably except the the Sixers. Because <laughs> it got it got to be Embiid that go down with the Sixers. Right, right, right. It can't be nobody else, you know. But other than that, I think so. I think we're in a good place, man. We're in a good place. But yes, as a fan, you do get frustrated at times because you 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 get excited and you 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 getting used to the winning. But but you, it is good to like pump the brakes and realize the expectations you had coming in. Like this team is is doing a little better than you really thought like so well let me just think about where we came from the last three yeah. years i mean yeah. good lord <laughs> think about the head coach we had before him this guy was a, a joke a buffoon yes you know guys put on a, a time clock so these guys can punch in so they know they're in the work i mean whatever i mean come on dude <laughs> seriously this, this is what we're doing <laughs> you know clown clown you know and, yeah, clown. And, Oh. <laughs> and and Gar, Gar was head of that clown show too, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, I, looking like Beaker from the Muppet Show. So I just, wow. you know, <laughs> me, 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 me. Um, <laughs> I just, I, they, they, they frustrated me, you know, because they, they wouldn't, that previous regime wouldn't pull a trigger, wouldn't make a trade. We value our guys. We may, and then you get pumped up because you get Dwayne Wade. I look, man, I love Dwayne Wade like anybody else, hometown guy, Hall of Famer. Top four guard I've probably seen in my lifetime play the game, but not Dwayne Wade after five finals. <laughs> you know, it's just like exactly. It's like, come on, dude. Like he's the tire is worn at that point. Don't don't start putting your chest out there because you got Dwayne Wade because he wants to come home. You, if that was the case, you should have got him like six years ago. <laughs> when, you know, if he broke the bank home. when he tried to become a free agent the first time. Exactly. So so yeah, that that regime, you know, because it, it's a clown show, you know. But these these guys are the real deal. Mm, they did try. Yeah. Okay. Right, they did. I'm I'm not saying they didn't try, man. What I'm saying is they just got beat. They didn't succeed in all the other tries that were garbage. Miami, Miami opened up that third spot. That's what happened. Look, dude, the Tracy McGrady thing was a big joke. You know, they just couldn't lure anybody here, dude. It's just it couldn't get Carmelo here. I mean, they couldn't get anybody here. You know, Paul Gasol. We put in our chest out. Hey, we got Paul Gasol. He's like 75 years old. The guys like practicing to be a doctor he's got one foot out the league one foot in the medical hospital i mean you know nice story nice guy you know hall of famer but you know he's past his prime like why didn't we get gasol like six years earlier when we were trying to get him you know it's like we always get these guys like the second time around after we missed out on them and they're like well nobody else wants me here i'll take your money you know, it's like so. So yeah, these guys, you know, they, this current regime is doing a much better job. Um, I think the Bulls. I just think as fans, we got to be a little patient, man. I I know we got pumped up, but really, dude, it's just we've come such a far. I mean, it's such a far cry from last year. Like, it was painful. Yeah, painful to watch these guys. I, it just, it, I mean, literally, like it hurt. It's like, ow, like why, why is my eye hurting? It, it shouldn't be hurting like this. That, that's just bad basketball. Now you're like, dude, it's exciting. It's fun. You know, we've had what three or four, you know, clinching game clinchers where we can come out on top, not Damian Lillard, you know, bombing away and hitting it in our eye. You know, it's just like we're 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 doing that to other teams. You no, know, enjoy it. 
you know, enjoy it and realize it's, you know, like, like in B said, you know, respect the process, you know, let it, yeah. let it, let it happen. And uh, I, I think, you know, like I said, it's still young. What's Zach, 26 years old? I mean, we're still, we, we still got some young cats, man. So I, I and then and, and they drafted well, you know, they got, they got some nice pieces. I, I, I feel, I feel good about where we're going. That's my disclaimer for we ain't going to make it out the playoffs. Wow. <laughs> so you're so, Second round, maybe. It all depends on who we play. Uh, it's, it's all about matchup. It's about matchups. And Zach, Zach's still not quite right. And it's okay, but I think he's he's trying to be the Zach he was before he got hurt. And so he's – yesterday I saw him forcing some shots. I saw him double clutching sometimes. I'm like, dude, you didn't have to double clutch. You could just went straight up. You know, it's it's he's trying to get – and he will. I mean, I'm not worried about it. It's just we're, we're off beat right now. That's all. We just off beat. Well, that was that was a lot of guys, especially last night. Yeah. Uh, against Miami. They just couldn't knock down shots, man. Um, whether it was Zach or Vooch or White, they would just get they would get some decent looks and just they weren't falling, you know. Um that's that's gonna be a problem. And I think Smoke Smoke mentioned that earlier. We don't have um we don't have a spot up guy. Glenn, necessary. Glenn, Glenn said that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, the, uh, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, this coming week, another tough week, man. We're at, at Atlanta Thursday night, yeah, home for the Bradley. Bucks, and and then Monday in Philly for Joel <laughs> and Bead and company, which I really don't look forward to. That dude, man, he – I think he's the number one Bulls killer of this generation, man. He – well, after LeBron, I'm sorry. I, LeBron's on another another whole yeah. level there uh, as Bulls killer. It, but but Embiid is getting there. He got he to gotta kill us in the playoffs to yeah, take, it, yeah. take, the, take the title. LeBron, <laughs> I, I always said LeBron was karma for MJ. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Cleveland when he was in Cleveland, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, what 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 can we expect? Uh, we still got another at least week until Caruso comes back, I'm sure, um, and then up a couple weeks for uh, for Ball. But uh, this week in particular, until we're at least back on, uh, we have another episode. Atlanta, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. What do you guys expect? Oh, and one and two. One, you think they you think they could beat Atlanta and Atlanta? Beat Milwaukee here at home. Wow. That's called I mean, a prediction could, right there. I mean, we Milwaukee hasn't been playing that great. Exactly. They haven't been playing that great. They're getting they're getting that championship you know excuse right now. They have not been playing that great. Nope. When was the last time when was the last time we beat uh, Milwaukee with Giannis. That's a good question. Don't know. Maybe when Derek was still here. That's, I think it's been a while. Yeah. Back yeah. when Giannis was like just the Greek freak. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, say, couldn't pronounce his name. <laughs> couldn't pronounce his name. He, he, he wasn't good enough to be on a first name basis yet. Right. So, so pre MVP. <laughs> I'm going to go on three. Wow, so you're the negative Nancy this week, huh? 
Yeah. Okay, not me this time. Three. I'm I'm Mr. Positivity compared to you. I, I, I kind of want to go one and three. I mean, one and two with us beating uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. But I'm 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 a I'm gonna say on one three. I agree with you on yeah. one three. I wow wow. I, okay, I think I, I think Trey is gonna come uh, is gonna come in pumped up. After after the last showing here in Chicago, yeah, this uh, got him on lockdown. We'll we'll see we'll see. Um, <laughs> nah, Milwaukee and then like I said, Embiid is just yeah, we're not he's just too Sixers. strong, man. Unless he takes the day off, which you know he might need to, because if they gonna play him down the stretch every game, they're not gonna he's not gonna last in the playoffs. At some point, mm-hmm. he needs to either take a rest or his body's gonna make him take a rest. He so gonna say nah. He gonna say, uh, oh, I, I, I see the Bulls on the schedule. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm the real I'm, MVP. I'm go, I'm playing that game. I'm playing uh, that game. I will show them who the MVP of the league is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, Probably is gonna play that one. I like Embiid. I'm sorry. I do. Yeah. All right, fellas, let's move on to the saga that is the collective bargaining agreement negotiations for MLB. Uh, We got word today that uh, the (laughs) first two series of the regular season are off. Canceled, kaput, because they could not come to an agreement. Um, I don't know all the particulars of what's going on here, but I just know they're hurting the sport. This is this is this is going to do major damage to this sport if they're gone too long. Um, just because we live in a different era, this isn't uh, this isn't '94 anymore. Um, you know, this isn't what was the one? Uh, there was one before that '82, I think. There was a there was a labor stoppage. Uh, these are different different times now. People have more things to do now and can find something else to do with their time real quick than to watch baseball. And, you know, obviously the diehards, the guys like, you know, me and Smoke are going to are going to be there. I don't know, Glenn, are you a big I don't know if you're a big baseball guy. Oh, I'm a sports person. I don't know if you're but, but you're not a a a baseball diehard, you know. Well, I, I wouldn't say I am. Whoa! Wait a minute! Wait a wait 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 wait! You're the <laughs> one that that played at the highest level. See, I play, I coach, but I don't always watch on okay. TV. So that's why I say I probably wouldn't say I'm a baseball diehard. Like for one, I guess it could be the fact that my team is not the home team. Right. So you're not, you're not I, in the local so market. I, so I'm not watching, you know, the Sox play on the regular. I might catch a game here, there. I'm not watching the the Cubs play on the regular. I might catch a game here and there. And I do try to watch the games that, you know, the Yankees come on nationally, but but I don't always watch those games. So you don't just, you don't get the uh you don't get the MLB package? No, hell no. Oh. I wouldn't waste my money on that. There, okay, <laughs> there you go. Here's a big Yankees fan. <laughs> that if he wanted to, he could get the major league package, but he said, watch every nah, Yankee game. Good. Yeah, he's not nah, good. <laughs> no, sure. Baseball, you got a problem. Well, 
I just want to throw this out there right quick because no one's touching you on it. And it's kind of annoying the hell out of me. I think it's a C-O-N-spiracy. How come every time they have a labor stop, the White Sox have a how have a World Series championship caliber team? <laughs> Back in 94, we knew in 93 the White Sox was going to be good. We knew it was going to be real good. And they were. They would leave. They should have gone to the World Series. Frank should have had another MVP. Now, see, in 2005, 2004, we didn't think that was going to happen. That just kind of came out the blue. We surprised everybody, so they couldn't stop it. They're like, oh, wait, we don't have time to stop it. Oh, well, they'll fall apart. They'll fall apart. And the White Sox went post to post. Now, after the last two years, they see how we build it. They're like, oh, man, the White Sox look good as hell. We need to stop that shit. So they're breaking us up again. Bastards. They're doing this shit on purpose. I'm telling you, they hate the White Sox. They don't want to see us shine. They don't want to see a shot, and it's just wrong because I'm really looking forward to watching this team because they are exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, dude, it's you're right, you're right. As it's for the, the casual fan, it's like whatever, dude. Like, psh, fine, I can you know, I can Netflix Prime, you know, kick it, and now that become after last pandemic summers we've had. It's like, dude, now to get out and go out and do stuff, it's yeah, like, yeah, like, well, like, like later for you. So, so yeah, the casual fan, you know, and basically baseball figures, they'll get some people back eventually. Um, it's still an international sports. So maybe they're counting on some of that. Um, but it's, it's affecting regional sports networks, which affects you and me as. Um, so that's, you know, when, when you know, that, that's, that's an issue um players basically the owners want things to kind of stay the same the players want significant changes and so there's a lot of the friction there players want the ability to um be able to i think for the minimum salary i think it's around six hundred thousand now and they want to raise it up to around seven hundred and fifty thousand or so um and some of these guys only play, I guess, the average years are like about maybe about three years for an average, you know, the average player, not the superstar. So you have the the elite players are getting their money, but you know, the, the middle class is shrinking as far as you know the ball players go, and they're not being able to accrue the monies that they would like to accrue. And basically, I think that the base uh, a couple of ways that major league looks at as far as how they get their money, it's like um obviously it's like revenue and I think it's like how much the team is kind of worth and the players are like, well, yeah, you know, you look at the books, you guys are worth, you know, billions and billions of dollars. And the, the teams are like, well, Hey, that's if we sold the team, that's not, we, we're just looking at the revenue. You're trying to look at what we may be worth if we sold the team, Well, we're not selling the team. So what we're really bringing in, is just the revenue. So you're asking for more than we really have, blah, blah, blah. So that, you know, people are just kind of maneuvering their arguments back and forth. So that's, that's a big deal. I know they're also talking about um, that extra that year as far as being uh, pre-arbitration money and, and players being able to uh, like Chris Bryant situation, you know, where he wanted to play sooner. And they're like, no, we want to hold that extra. We will bring you out in April so we can hold you a little bit year longer. Mm -hmm. And so that's a negotiating ploy that the, that the players are like, you know, you're kind of, you know, taking advantage of that situation more so and, and limiting our chances to get, more money sooner, that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, if you look at it, it's like, I think with major league baseball um, compared to like the other franchises, um, I think the return on major league franchises 
since 2002 has increased like 669%. Now, I don't understand the math behind that, but I know that's significant. <laughs> and I think they're only behind the NBA, which improved like for a thousand percent. And I think the NFL, which, you know, we all consider to be king, was in third as far as the major sports franchises go um, with 558%. So, but, but the point is all of these major league, all of these uh, professional sports franchises, they're all making money. They do better than people on the S and P. I mean, they do better than a lot of these uh, uh, five fortune 500 companies. They're making return. Even during the pandemic, they're still making money. So the players look at it saying like, well, dude, I mean, come on, you know, y'all need to come up off it a little bit. And so it's hard for the players to trust the owners when it seems as though they're kind of, I won't say hiding the money, but they're kind of, you know, maneuvering how their money is being. Well, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Um, I don't ownership or the, or yeah, the teams haven't really opened their books. And then you have teams like the Pittsburgh pirates that, have a uh, um, uh, have a salary of uh, forty million for the team, and you got guys that are making that you know single guys, or mm-hmm. or you know one player making forty million dollars a year. <laughs> right, right, more than one you team know, on other yeah <laughs> on other teams. So that that's that's an issue. Right, that's an issue. So you know, um, I know for me. And like I said, I, I, you know, both sides need to figure this out. Uh, it's on both of them. And, um, and, you know, if it doesn't, it's going to hurt the sport. But I'm always a labor guy. You know, I'm closer <laughs> to uh, being a player than I am a billionaire owner uh, in my eyes. So if I had to make a choice, I'm obviously rooting for the player. But, um, but you're at a point now, it did, you know, you may have to sacrifice because if you don't have anyone to, to watch your sport, okay. the health of your sport's going to go is, is, is going to, is going to drop uh, tremendously. So. Now, I'm a hundred percent with the players. hundred percent because baseball more than just the money aspect has faded into the back wind because of their process of becoming a major league baseball player it's not appealing to to the to the young kids so baseball is already dying <laughs> like it's already dying and you know the 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 get off my lawn crew sorry gm you know i, I don't you don't apply to this in my i don't think but they don't want the game to be fun all these unwritten rules still apply in a game of baseball. The game has not, it's, it's fighting with change. And, and it's more than just the, the money aspect that's killing the game. This is just adding to it. Right. The fact that the games aren't being played, but they got deeper issues in my opinion than this that need to be addressed. You know, so I don't know what comes of it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not losing any sleep that this has happened. 
you know, I mean, on the flip side, that's as your Yankees guy, suck. Your Yankees suck. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> worry. You know, see, if you were White Sox fan, <laughs> you'd be like, you need to get out there and play. I need to see a win. But but on the flip side, as a as a coach, as a trainer who loves the game of baseball, I find myself now wrestling in my mind, like, how do I keep a kid motivated to want to play this game? Besides just constantly preaching college, college, use it for college, because that's really all we preach from the organization that I that I work for. It's not about getting to the pros, but but that's I mean, these kids have dreams, you know, and I mean, you don't want to continuously be that guy, man, F them dreams. It's about getting your education, you know, but but it's like that's what it has to be when it comes to the game of baseball. That's what it has to be. Like when you say process, when you say process, is it that it takes too long to get to the majors? Is that what you're kind of referring to? Yeah. And they're making it harder and harder for those chances. They've cut, they've shrunk the draft again. You know, it's, it's just becoming even tougher to play major league baseball. It's already a hard sport to play. And then the process on top of that is just extremely hard, you know. I mean, yeah. Let me ask you this. For outside of just kids playing, um, actually getting kids interested in watching the game, what can they do to sort of promote the game more uh, to kids and, and, and get them watching? Cause I think that's that's an issue too. Yeah, yeah. You may have some that's, kids. You, I mean, look at look look at you. You 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 played up through the college ranks, but when it comes to watching, you eh, <laughs> yeah, good. really, right? Yeah. yeah, that's 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 probably a scathing testament, right? Yeah, there. yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know how to do that, but I I would say I I think what. I'm not not always trying to make things a racial thing. I'm really not. Um, there seems to be, and, and not saying that, you know, athleticism is not, you know, the province of any one group of people. That being said, I think baseball misses some of the acrobatic type kind of athleticism that it seemed like I thought I saw more so in the seventies and eighties, like stealing bases was an athletic thing to do. Guys like Ricky Henderson, you look at him, you're like, man, that dude could play any sport he wanted to play. You had guys like Dion and uh, Jordan. I can't remember his first name. Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan. They both play, you know, football with the Falcons, but also play baseball. You had that type of athleticism, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, so it's not like the athletes aren't there, but they're not really playing baseball. And it's like, it's like their athleticism is being, I don't know, it's being held in check or it's not being allowed to flourish. We just earlier talked about John Moran. We both shake, all three of us shaking their heads like, man, that guy's something special. You know, he, this guy does a dunk on Pirtle. You know, he does a 360 move when he plays the Bulls and he makes a falling away shot in the corner. Basketball is appealing because you're going to see something athletically that you may never have ever seen before. And you think you've seen it all until you see somebody else do something differently. Football offers the same type of, you know, instantaneous, you know, moments. 
and not that baseball doesn't have them, but it just seems like it's so few and far in between. Like you need to have a dude like Jim Edmonds purposely misreading the ball and, and running back to make it look like a great catch, you know, every time just to get excited. I mean, yeah, we can see this, the highlights, you know, it's like baseball is almost coming like soccer to me in terms of the highlights. The highlights look great, but watching the game is like a yawn, you know, so you got to find some way. And, I, you know, maybe the pitchers need to pitch faster. You know, um, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can get that athleticism to translate. It used to. It seemed like it did back in the day. Well, Billy we Bean said it that it's not worth stealing bases. Yeah, analytics. That doesn't, that doesn't yeah. make analytics any sense to me. killed the game. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it is and, and, still in the base. <laughs> and and it's and it's crazy that so many he was the first to really bring that out and ain't one shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. All these teams following that mindset of a of a loser. Like, <laughs> like I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Like, yeah, it's I, it's they got they got a lot to try to figure out. Like I'm I'm sitting here listening to Jim, and it's like I think I think baseball top plays are the greatest plays when you see them. But like GM said, but when you're watching the game, you might doze off and miss that play, <laughs> right. you know, like right. versus in a basketball game is constant action, constant action. So you're locked in. So you're not going to miss that John Morant dunk on, on uh, a hole. And you're not going to miss the 360 layup. NFL, you're not going to miss the touchdown. You know, it's, it's, it's constant action. It's, it's too much dead period in baseball. Even too much hockey, within hockey the game. Is, even hockey has yeah. better action than baseball. I oh, mean, hockey is the most. The puck. I I will tell you, hockey, especially if you go in person. If you go to a game, oh yeah, yeah. It's totally oh different. my goodness, we hey, mess around. We go got back. we got we got lucky, and uh, I got to sit between. No, it wasn't between the benches. It was uh, it was actually between the uh, between the penalty boxes for a period. Oh, okay. That's a freaking fast game, man. You just, you just, it's just, man, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and and, and very few stoppages in play. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's 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 an issue for baseball. But one thing, one thing though that we we discussed when when it came about was how we were all very in tune to the COVID season. Yeah, that they yeah. had. We were all in tune with that because the it was such a short season. It was, that, it, was a, it was a sprint. That, that every it was a sprint, and they may have to sh- shrink the season. I, I think that's I it, you you know that's not gonna happen. I know it ain't gonna happen. You no, know it's like, not gonna but, happen. But I I I was I was well, talking. That's the I was way talking to, to somebody. It. I was talking to somebody today about that, and I said. 120, maybe 140. If you increase the, the if you increase the playoff teams, then yeah, you could shorten it. They increased it though that time. Yeah, with that with that short season, they they made it 14. It was 14 teams. What, what um, was it? 16. Was it 16? I think it was eight and eight. 
it was like a tournament bracket. Yeah, you now, might be, you might be right. Yeah, I think it was sixteen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That would have made it even. You're right. You're right. Just saying that that might be the answer if you shorten the the. But that's the not season. gonna happen, man. Because you because of the money, the revenue. What I'm saying, if you shorten it, you may be able to recoup that with the revenue by having those playoff games, and you increase the team. No, that's a lot of teams. that's that's. You're talking about a lot of games being uh, being taken out. You're not gonna make it up with just playoff money. Well, if the you know or with baseball you, with just playoff games. Baseball doesn't do what the NFL does as far as the revenue sharing. They don't do it to the degree that the NFL does. They might need to consider that. They share. They do share the the playoff because that's that's uh, they all share the the national television package. Okay. Right. So my, I I don't know, man. I just I just remember as a youngster, like preteen, teenage years, early twenties, you know, watching a guy like Bo Jackson was just like. It, it was eye popping, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, you like I'm watching this game because I might see something. Even if he's breaking a bat over his head, you know, you're gonna see something running up the wall. You know, mm-hmm. you know Dave Parker throwing from right field to Cobra getting somebody at home plate. Like you don't see the you don't see the plays at the plate like you used to. Seeing Vince Coleman steal bases, seeing Vince Coleman go up against, you know, who's gonna be the MLB you know base dealer for that year? You know, Ricky Henderson, Vince Coleman, you know, uh, Willie Wilson. I mean, just seeing those guys be aggressive and attack those guys were stealing they were stealing 100 bases a year (laughs) i think the the leader now is like in the 30s or 40s maybe and 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 most and most base stealers are pinch runners (laughs) that's all they can do (laughs) analytics has killed the game you don't even see hitting running like you used to and you definitely don't see squeeze plays. i mean you know all the things that made baseball the a lot of what made baseball a national pastime and even a popular sport throughout generations, 40s, 50s, 60s, especially when you started seeing, you know, when baseball allowed itself to not be racially uh, neutered and you started getting players from around the world coming in and, and, and competing, it was like, man, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a hit of growth spurt. You know, it was pure. 40s, it was yeah. pure. You, and, and, like you said, hit and running, bun squeeze button now it's about strikeouts and home runs yeah that's boring after you've eliminated steroids which they're still doing but you eliminated steroids in a sense and now it's all about velo and home runs if you hit 230 but you hit 40 home runs you're an all-star you're deemed to be great like that wasn't the case back in the day guys was doing that and hitting three close to 300 if not over 300 like the game of it was a pure game back then hit and run putting the ball in play doing the little things to advance the runners that's not the case anymore it's not the case anymore working on your pickoff move if you're a pitcher you know Um, let me let me ask this what do you think about uh eliminating the shift I definitely think they should. Really? Yes. I, I do too. Because that's part of why the game need, sucks. You need to have because more, it's taking it, hits away. Yeah, you need to have more balls in play. That's hmm. that's. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm such a defensive minded person. To me, if if you can devise a strategy to keep and, scoring, and here's the deal. I get it. We were always I get it. We were we were taught at least hurting when, the game. When I learned the game, you were always taught take the ball up the middle. Right. 
Right. Well, now in the shift, you can't. You can't. Where Where are you gonna hit? So now is can't you, you hit what they ain't? Isn't that learn how to hit the ball? Hit, hit what they ain't. I mean, you know, control your bat. I mean, look if okay, if, and if, if Tony you, if if Tony Gwynn's up, that Tony makes Gwen's the game that that makes the game boring. If Tony Gwynn's up there, he's hitting where they ain't. If I right can't, there. well, everybody's not Tony Gwynn, and they probably play him straight up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That that that's part of the re- man. There's no hits going on here. I'm, I'm turning you, this off. I, I say this to your point, Jim. Hit it where they ain't. So if I'm up there, okay, you got the shift on, and I'm I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna be okay with little possibly broken bat jam shots that will get through that second base hole. That's not appealing to the eye. That's okay. You got a hit, but that, that ain't shit. Like that's a cheap hit, you know, and and most people are, as you know, like want to see it hit hard through there. But if I'm going, if you're going to give it to me now, granted, I'm going to try to, if me as a player, I'm going to try to take. So I don't care if I push bunny to that area, no one's there, but it's just not going to be appealing to the eye. I definitely think the, the shift eliminates more runs being scored. And then make it more of a pitcher's game, which makes the game boring. So you're saying baseball needs to change some rules like basketball's done. And you know, I guess basketball probably changes their rules the most, but something to make it so that the game like football. like checking. Like football does as well. But I'm i I guess I'm I'm speaking to basketball because it's one extreme. I'm comparing like football's kind of moderate, mm-hmm. basketball's one extreme, baseball's the other, where they don't really make changes. But like for basketball, you know, hand checking, you know, we talk about the 90s and the 80s and how it was to grab it and how the guys now were retired. Like, man, if no one grabbed me, I could be scoring 10 more points a game, you know. But you look at basketball now, it's a higher scoring game. I mean, you're looking at scores now, mm-hmm. most teams average around 110, 115, you know, points a game. And back in the 90s when the Bulls were winning championships, you keep a team under 100 you know, you won that game, you know, yeah. Bulls keeping people, you know, closer to 89, well, 90 points again. Yeah, I was going to say back then games rarely got to the hundreds. Right. And you know, that was a, that was what, a uh, what you got? The Bulls scored a hundred, like a free donut. Yeah, you, you got, you got, uh, Taco. You got Taco. Big Mac. No. Taco. Big Mac. It, it was, was a bunch Mac. of different stuff. Yeah, it was Big different Mac. stuff yeah. every, so, but it. Well, I remember, check this out. Like, I remember back in the, when I first started going to Bulls games, mid eighties, uh, they were teams were scoring more. It was one twenty, and you got you got a Big Mac or whatever it was. And then once the the late eighties to the nineties came, the uh, scoring went down tremendously, and so that's when they went to hundred points. So, uh, but yeah, now. that's <laughs> now. <laughs> Now is if a person missed two consecutive free throws in the fourth quarter. <laughs> okay, they can't that's, give rid of that's, they, that's, they can't give that's rid of how that swag. It is now because you ain't you barely keeping somebody under hundred points. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can't gauge the amount of points nowadays. So hey, let's just hey, if they missed two consecutive free throws, we Portillo's hot dog. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 with that. That's what it is now. I go yeah, you can do it at home. Go to Portillo's all day, baby. You can do this QR code. From and Portillo's, TV. if you're listening, we need a sponsor. 
<laughs> hey, yo, let's go uh, down to the bayou to Smoke's old home territory, Grambling State University, and they've been in all types of stuff this week. Um, they hired Art Bryles as the uh, new offensive coordinator. Um, the 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 top alumni is, is that is could I say that? The, the most uh, recognized alumni. Yes, yes. <laughs> Doug Williams came out and said he was out. You know, you gonna you you hired uh, our brother. I told him not to. They did anyway. I'm out. Um, and so they they caught a lot of flack nationally. Uh, it was talked about on ESPN. Uh, first take with Stephen A. And uh, Yesterday, our brows decided, you know, it wasn't worth it. So he decided to resign. Uh, Smoke, you're an alum. Mm-hmm. Tell us what the what the people down in Grambling were uh, were thinking with this hire and what, what they think now. So as far as most of the alumni groups that I'm in, they actually were pretty happy about the hire. Okay. Believe it or not. Really? Now, now, hear me, hear me. I don't know if a lot of actually knew his history knew his past where I was a little more shocked was the amount of former football players that I know I was at Grambling with that was excited about the hire granted they probably don't care about what happened for me I I will say I didn't I didn't really care about the hire, but I knew it wasn't going to last. <laughs> I knew at the state that we're in right now in this country, it wasn't going to last. I kept telling my boys, he will be shamed out of that position. Like, yeah, did he have a great offensive mind when he was at Baylor? Do people deserve a second chance? Yeah but he has a whole lot going against him in this instance. One, you're a white man trying to get to HBCU for a second chance. Strike one. In the climate now in football where black coaches are not getting opportunities of such, strike two. Strike three and the most important strike, your issue where Baylor involved women. Me Too movement has taken over society. Like, so I knew it was not going to last. It was going to end with him being shamed out of that position. Now, where I have my own personal issues is with Doug Williams being the voice for Grandma. Man, miss me with that. I told them no. Why? First off, why are you being consulted for anything? The worst state that Grambling was in as a football program came under your watch. We were forfeiting games in 2011, 2012 under your watch. Well, right after your watch, you got fired. And and then the next year, the kids start making excuses about the weight room and all that stuff. It was all over the news. I don't know if y'all remember. It was on like CNN and stuff like that. And they started putting these, these videos and pictures how the weight room was terrible. Now, here, I got to Grambling in 2005. That weight room 
facility was fairly new. It was like maybe four or five years old when I got there. Looked amazing. I finished playing baseball in 2009. Didn't look bad at all. So how did in two, three years it look that bad? Like, no, somebody got some explaining to do. And it all started because Doug Williams was so caught up in starting his son, who was terrible at quarterback. And it tarnished the program. So that's one thing. But then on the flip side, for you to say how you're so against this and all this, yet you're happily employed down in Washington with the organization that is under these same type of scrutinies. How about you quit your job? Quit your job if you're so concerned about Grambling hiring somebody that has that type of pass. Okay, you're you're being employed by somebody that has that pass. Well, no, has that current in the organization, and you're not doing anything about it. Like so, like miss me with that. Like like, I just feel like, dude, you don't speak for the whole university. You're not the right guy. So how do you really feel? <laughs> That's how I feel. So you're calling him a hypocrite, basically. Yes. Granted, is 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 his premise correct? Yeah, it is. But I think it's more out of jealousy than than actual true true intent. Why do you say Doug, jealousy? Doug Williams has he has not been happy for the program since his team. He he's he's been behind the scenes hating. He hated on Coach Fobbs. Now he's making news about this situation. He he doesn't like the fact that Dion. Like I just feel he's he trying to be in the in the news. Like shut up. Wow, that's like, that's like grand like, legend. I, that's just that's just how I feel. First round pick. Right, good for him. Finished in top five Heisman voting that year. Come hey, on. I ain't played football, so. <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> They could have. They should have had Coach Ellis that, speak on this. That, that's before my time. Well, my, my question <laughs> is: Is anyone are they going? Who's like who's catching hell? Like Art Browse. Here's the thing: I don't think Art Browse. And hear me out. I don't think he should be the one, quote unquote, catching hell because he's just trying to get a job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I think what he allowed to happen at Baylor works against him and it should work against him. I think that he's a borderline piece of crap because he had to know something. Is it 32 allegations? I mean, come on, man. Maybe one or two or three might get past you. But when you start getting into double digits, you, you're wolf. that's willful ignorance. So I, I, that's not cool at all. But my thing is the people who sought to hire him, I think those are the ones who should be taking the task. It's like, what were you thinking? Like, why would you want to bring that kind of element you know, he's not the only coach that you have to have. There's a whole bunch of coaches out there. And like you said, considering the atmosphere that we're in, particularly the NFL, where and not just NFL, but even in college sports yeah. as well, college football as well. I mean, you can count on one hand probably how, how many head coaches there are in, in uh, Division One football so or FBS football. So I, I just – that was a bad – like who signed, whose idea was it and who signed yeah. off on it? That's what I want to know because maybe we should be looking at them and the decision yeah. that they make, and maybe they shouldn't be in the positions they are to make those kind of not controversial would be nice, but just those kind of caustic, you know, choices. They yeah. they need a well, they clearly didn't have a a trusted PR team behind them. 
though when they decided this mm-hmm. um, whenever you you even remotely thinking about something that may be controversial you should yeah. always have a pr team to say uh yeah that's not gonna play probably shouldn't do that or if you are gonna do that this is how you do it and 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 to walk you through it they clearly didn't do that um uh, i'm one for i i believe in second chances um i know my school now mind you we're talking about players here but uh there were a lot of guys that transferred in that were given second chances for you know for some missteps that they had in college right yeah, it's a little different, but okay. I agree, but well, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So I, so I'm with second, second chances, but I didn't understand why. Why did Grambling have to give our Bryles yeah. his second chance? Yeah, that's that. That's exactly my thoughts as well. Yeah, like, that, it doesn't that's make sense. My you know, and that's what I was trying to explain to like some of my guys who you know from Grambling who were like, man, like. Like his coaches out there that's currently doing worse stuff than this, and ain't nobody, you know, saying. I'm like, but I'm like, you gotta think about. We're talking about Cranbourne. We're talking about HBCU. We cannot afford this type of press about our university. No, this could potentially put us underwater forever, where we would never be able to survive it. Like, so something has to happen. Like, they have to make a stand or he I'm like but I'm like more than likely they're going to shame him into resigning. Yeah Grambling is like, the Grambling for better or worse I, I, I hate to have to say this but Grambling <laughs> is the face of black college football. You think about black college football the first place you think of historically is Grambling because of Eddie Robinson and, yeah. and, and what he did there. Right. Um, so it, it, it just doesn't make sense for them to go for our brother, especially when, and, and, and shame on you on, uh, on um, uh, what's his Thank name? You. Uh, Hugh Jackson. Um, for even having to, to, to do that. You're an NFL coach with, I guess you have some, some offensive pedigree there. You didn't have to go get our brows. You could have been recording. Yeah. Or or you find some it's hundreds of other candidates that you bring in and you can help guide. Exactly. You could have brought in somebody that you view as potential to grow into no. some a great coordinator. And you, you were you you were just you you were just on TV, you know, after the Brian Flores mm-hmm. stuff came out. You were the one yeah. that was on TV. <laughs> Talking about black coaches not getting fair shots, mm-hmm. and then you bring a guy with you know with with this background, you know, with what happened at Baylor to an HBCU. That, it's <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, it's that make that makes no sense to me, uh, and it's not because he's white. You, you know, there were. You know, many other white candidates that, you know, would have fit this uh, for, for this program. It would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But you went and got the one that has the uh, 
the, 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 the guide at the program that had, you know, the multiple sexual assaults, you know, so, you know, I'm glad they, they came to their senses and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, figured this out. But uh, but yeah, shame shame on them, man. And that and yeah. that goes for for Hugh Jackson. That goes for the AD. Mm-hmm. That goes for the president of the university. Yeah, uh, they they they're all culpable in this. So yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, the guy's been out of work since 2016. I mean, as great as an offensive mind that everyone believes him to be. No power five has even touched him. So like, like, like you, what were you thinking? Like you, you thought that, oh, it's scrambling. It might fly under the radar. No, us hiring you didn't fly under the radar. (laughs) Like, like. The swag, the HBCUs is get, is in a new light in today's world now. Are we where we want to be? Hell no. But we're in a new light where things are starting to be be published out there. Like, and so you couldn't have thought this was just going to be, okay, hired out brows and nothing was to be said of it. No, once I saw it hit, because <laughs> it started with Keyshawn J. Will and Max. I say, oh, shoot. This ain't good. <laughs> this ain't good at all it's on ESPN oh man this is not good and now now we just Hugh okay you made that mistake now how do we move on for it? our brows got you out of it by stepping down but now you still have some damage control that you have to do so that's how I feel yeah, 20, 25 years ago, this would have been swept under the rug. Would have been all right. Yeah, yeah. We live in a different time now. Yeah, it's a different day and age. Different time, different time. Hey, uh, last thing here. Uh, it's uh, March, which is uh, Women's History Month. And I uh, got a story here <laughs> from the WNBA. The New York nice. Liberty have been fined $500,000 for chartering flights uh, during the season. Uh, They were told that this is against the collective bargaining agreement because it gives a competitive, uh, it creates a competitive disadvantage. Uh, Not all of the teams in the WNBA are able to fly charter because ownership, you know, for, for some of those teams can't afford that. So to be on, um, on equal footing, uh, I guess they, they fly commercial. Commercial, what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have an issue what's with in that. that what's in that? I don't know if y'all have seen uh, why Liz Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I don't know Bye. if y'all seen a while ago when she was still with the Aces and they hired uh, Becky Hammond. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hmm money you can hire a coach and pay a coach all this money yet i gotta try to upgrade my ticket all the time to get better seat there you go on the plane there you go you know and like somebody was like like she i'm like hell no a coach in the WNBA should not be making more than the players i don't care 
Like, I don't care Becky Hammond's, you know, resume, uh, history. Like, Becky Hammond should understand that she was fighting for the same thing they were fighting for when she was playing. Like, like I agree with the players. Like, so you magically got all this money to pay the coach, but not us? Uh, that's kind of wrong. And this situation is insane. I just, <laughs> this is insane. This is – I don't get it. I mean, instead of it's an unfair advantage. instead of finding a team, how about figuring out how you can, you know, make Get sure that the, that the teams can that. can you know can fly comfortably. You but know? how is this an unfair advantage? When was the last time the Liberty won the WNBA championship? <laughs> wasn't the first? Wasn't it the, <laughs> the first? No, first no, no, no. The Houston. They they got yeah. that. Oh, that's right. They got, they got the Houston, Houston won, won the, the four. Three. Yeah. 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 I think they lost. They had Teresa Weatherspoon. They lost to Houston. Right. But like, I don't know if they have even won a title. Did, did Rebecca Lobo win one? I don't know. With the Liberty. With the Liberty, I don't. Know. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. It sucks when, sucks when you cheat, get caught, and you still not win. Or you know, I shouldn't say cheat, but when you do things of dubious nature, it is it is still doesn't work out for you. Well, I, I I think the NBA, the WNBA needs to, and, and the NBA for that matter, needs to figure out this whole travel thing. That's 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 ridiculous. And I know, you know, I'm sure people will say, well, the NBA up until, you know, the mid '80s or, or late '80s were were flying commercial. Yeah, which, different league, different money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just the New York Liberty. Have lost two four championships. Oh wow! Never won one. They they were in three of the first four. <laughs> so the WNBA finals versus the Houston Comets and so lost. The charter flights aren't really working that much. Huh? <laughs> and then they haven't been to the finals since two thousand two. All right. Well, yeah. We so put the w, I don't know the I don't know the WNBA advantage out, but... that is. Right. They need to figure. They need to figure that out quick. That's that's a problem. That's a problem. Maybe use that five hundred grand for uh for for charter flights. How about that for the for the rest of the league? That that that's that should be it. By the way, I'm gonna try to check out a uh, a sky game this year. A sky the, game uh, this year at the Wind Trust. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my uh, goal I'll, for the summer. I'll say this: after paying five hundred thousand, they sure as hell won't be on no charter now. <laughs> <laughs> they could be riding the cargo FedEx FedEx cargo bay that's crazy oh man so yeah yo that'll do it for this week's edition of the easy smoke and the GM podcast we want to thank you for listening we greatly appreciate it you can catch our podcast at Apple Podcasts Google Spotify Stitcher iHeartRadio Amazon and newly on YouTube Catch it. I think what's the uh, it's uh, easy.smoke.gm podcast, I believe, is the uh, the YouTube channel. So please go check us out, subscribe and uh, and like us. We greatly appreciate that if you would. Uh, you can also catch it at hp53productions.com. There you'll find a link to the podcast as well as the Father Good podcast hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson and the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs. And uh, you catch me on there as well as a as a as a producer, uh, giving a supporting uh, voice 
on the show. So, uh, so, so go check us out there. Yo, Glenn. Yep. yep. Please take us out. Hey, it's like we always say, we ain't saying we're right. We just don't think we're wrong. We'll catch you next week. Oh,